special guest today is Heather Wall. So we're doing something a little bit different today because she is a fantasy writer, but she is also the co-founder of Rusty Ogre Publishing with her sister, Erica Summers. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Heather. Um, Well, I'm actually a laboratory director here in uh, Wyoming, so I'm actually kind of more science oriented. Um, I'm I'm more of the um, brains and Erica is very much the heart. Um, If everybody's kind of seen um, there's an artist called the Awkward Yeti um, who's amazing, and he always does these great illustrations of the heart and the brain. Uh, kind of pulling in different directions. It's very much the way we are, for sure. So so I've got to ask before we get on to your books, does she scare you a little bit with what she writes? <laughs> she has scared me from day one. <laughs> Erica was a, she was a super fun sister to have when, when we were younger. I know I listened to her podcast and I was just giggling the whole time because yeah, she was a terror. I mean, um, she she had really two choices. It was either become a serial killer or become like the greatest horror. <laughs> so, and yeah, she'll tell you it's it's for certain. She's um, a delightful sister, though. I mean, she got over that whole trying to kill us thing pretty quick. <laughs> and uh, she became like way more of a protective, uh, like she said, much more of a I can mess with her, but you can't. That's my sister sort of thing. And um she was brilliant way back when i mean it was incredible her talent her writing talent even then um i would listen to her all night long just clacking away on the keyboard and i'm like oh my lord (laughs) i just (laughs) want to sleep but uh i've always been amazed at erica's talent whether it's movie making or uh writing i've just i've always wanted to to work with her i thought that would be so fun um just knowing she's a go-getter you know that's good. So tell me a little bit about your books. Um, well, my books, uh, my series so far is called uh, <clears throat> The Illuminator Saga. And it was kind of born out of something that I take a lot of pride in. And that's turning, and we kind of discussed this in Erica's podcast, kind of turning trauma into something beautiful. Um yeah. My From Ashes series, uh, The Illuminator Saga, namely, uh, is about this woman who has suffered this horrible loss, and she's basically trying to find a new purpose, a new kind of guiding light. And um, I wrote this series as kind of my own way to cope. Um, I had found out that, you know, I wasn't able to have kids, and then I kind of got hit with this wave after wave of chronic illness and chronic pain disorders and things like that. So I was having a really difficult time kind of adjusting to that. And I wanted to kind of convey that pain and having to start over and having to find a new purpose in a very entertaining and positive way. Um, I really found this to be like kind of a a brain saving exercise almost, you know, um, my first attempt at a book ever. I'm not even going to reference the title was horrible. God bless Erica. She, (laughs) she took so much time. I mean, she made that thing bleed, but it was still just absolutely atrocious. And she's like, all right, I want you to try again, but try something that like your heart says to try. And and I, I tried fantasy and this beautiful thing just kind of came out. She goes, go with it. Let's, you know, see what you can do. So I went on and wrote the entire series so far and uh, have about three pegboards right in front of me right now, <laughs> characters and buildings and future ideas and uh, th- about thousands and thousands of reference pages, hundreds of books um, that I wanted to study writing uh, to make sure what I was producing was actually something worth reading. And I really took a lot of pride in getting the, um, you know, topography down on getting magic and its restraints and things like that uh, really honed before I ever released a product so that people weren't um, struggling with, uh, metaphorically speaking, like Hermione's magic bag or uh, the Griffin at the very beginning, you know, of the Lord of the Rings series, you know, these huge plot holes that people are like, 
but why is that there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so after reading just dozens and dozens of books, um, Erica kind of stopped me and she was basically saying, you know, I want you to write more than I want you to continue like gobbling up all of this knowledge because I don't want you to start getting so in your head um, that you don't write. And I, if I can give any advice to anybody ever is perfectionism is the enemy of progress. Yeah. Um, perfectionism truly is just the complete enemy of writers um, because you can do what I did and that's work on a book for 10 years <laughs> yeah. and you can flesh out every anthem, every flag, every, you know, type of uh, racism or, you know, these different kinds of uh, stereotypes or uh, lore and gods and all of these things. You can absolutely spend your time doing that, but it doesn't get the, book written and it doesn't get your voice out there. And I promise you that even if you don't think that your voice is worth hearing or that your book um, or short story or novella isn't uh, up to snuff, keep trying, keep working, and then just believe in yourself a little bit. Everybody needs an Erica and that's somebody who can kind of slap them in the face and say, you know, enough is enough. You have to put this out into the world. It's time. Um, and then they also need that cheerleader to be like, look, I know it's hard and I know it's scary and I know it's very nerve wracking and, um, makes you feel very exposed. Um, but it's, you have to just keep going, keep getting better, keep growing. Um, and it, for instance, if you see the Harry Potter series, book one versus the final, her writing style changes substantially. And that's with any saga, any series, um, writers grow. So that's why I love Erica's work, because her horror stories have gone from daunting and haunting to downright terrifying and nauseating, <laughs> you know? So uh, I loved watching her her journey um, as a writer, and I hope people can see, you know, um, as we re-release Mantis, how far she's come um, as a writer. And Mantis is amazing. It's so much fun to read. It's a blast to read. Um, but everything from that onward um, is really just incredible to watch her grow by leaps and bounds and use terms and uh, descriptors that are just kind of blow my mind, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in a positive way. So absolutely. I'm sorry. I don't mean to ramble. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's fine. Don't worry. Okay. So how different do you think the two worlds are like horror and fantasy? Do you, do you notice that there's much difference or are they basically more the same? You know, as I've written uh, horror and I've been published as a, a horror writer as well um, in a couple of anthologies and I've written fantasy and I can honestly say that like dark fantasy is just a happy blend of the two. Um, it's a ton of fun, but there are no good fantasy stories without the suspense and terror and fear that comes with, you know, um, creatures, monsters, beasties, things that really will come to make that unease and that tension arise. Um, I could draw on so many examples right now of that, but I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Whereas in horror, you cannot have um, you can't have that anxiety and that tension and that fear without a lot of imagination and um, really kind of treading that boundary between, you know, um, reality and what could be somebody's worst nightmare, um, yeah. which, you know, obviously dreams are not always rooted in reality. Sometimes <laughs> they're bizarre, but, you know, um, Back when Erica uh, did a film called Mr. White, I loved the script. I hope she adapts it into a, a story someday. It's absolutely fantastic. There's a healthy dose of both fantasy and horror. And there's this lore and these, you know, unique beings and unique ways of terrorizing people that I really thought was just a fantastic blend of both, um, where if you had just solely based something in reality, you'd get a little bit more of like a Jason Voorhees feel. Um, and I kind of like the never knowing what to expect versus the 
you know, around every corner is somebody running up a stair, you know, up a staircase <laughs> and trying to run away from, you know, a monster or a beast. So it's, it's pretty interesting. I would say, um, as a, a fantasy writer, I truly do lean towards the darker fantasy aspect because I like the terror. It does stick with you. Um, where, you know, Erica's, Erica's books are amazing. They just have such a way of haunting you and giving you those like very visceral reactions um, that you just can't get if you're just, you know, talking about frolicking through the woods, you know, and everything's hunky-dory and everybody's happy. It's like, no, it's <laughs> the, the terror and the adrenaline is what so many people love. And um, part of that is giving them a little dose of what you naturally fear and a little bit of a dose of um, something they never saw coming, you know, that anticipatory uh, fear that they that they can kind of dread, they can see coming, but then you slap them in the face with something new. <laughs> I, love, yeah. I really love that. So, okay. So, how do you come up with your fantasy worlds? How do you actually build it from scratch? I'm so glad you asked that. Um, Erica and I had a really, uh, really tough childhood, and it was a lot of. Um, escapism if, if, if that's the the correct term and i believe it is but the escapism is just a really positive way of shaping your world into what you want it to be rather than what it is right so yeah that escapism is so healthy when you're in a traumatic event that you cannot escape which is a lot of what we dealt with but when we I remember I was so terrified when I was a kid so much. I would, I would crawl up into my sister's bed and I would sleep at the foot of the bed, you know, where the dogs lay. And she would say, because (laughs) she was not a very nice sister, Um, you know, but I'd be curled up at the little edge of the bed and we would start talking about our ideal, you know, houses or most of the time it was, we were hungry. So we would do like ideal meals and you'd see us like kind of, bouncing off of each other being like, Oh, I would have this too. Or, you know, I think you would do better if you had this, you know, that's way better. And we would kind of just imagine these lavish, you know, suppers and stuff like that or breakfasts. And it was so much fun um, growing up kind of having those exercises. And then I watched her kind of, I was that really annoying little sister that uh, just wanted to do everything she was doing. I was, I was so obnoxious. I totally (laughs) get why she tried to murder me a couple of times, but (laughs) I, I loved watching uh, this one time we had this box sitting on the back of the hill of the house that we lived on. And she was like, what do you think is inside? And and me and and her friends uh, are all like spitballing what's in this box, what's happening. And, they wanted to leave me there because, you know, I'm I'm the annoying one and they wanted to go back to get a knife to open up this box. Well, by the time we all got back, because heaven forbid I stayed by myself, uh, the box was gone. Somebody had noticed we were messing around in this box that they hadn't want us to get in. Sure. You know, sure enough, it was gone. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, we were like, what do you think was in the box? You know, <laughs> we had so much of this like mysterious getting into trouble, always trying to figure out like the fantastic side of the world. And uh, it was so much fun. And uh, another example we had, uh, you know, we were very broke growing up. Um, And so when we would ride uh, around with our bikes and stuff like that um, on the block, the neighbor kids and stuff like that would kind of notice we didn't look, you know, like them or have the toys they did. And, you know, so our, like addendum or our way of kind of mashing the two the worlds uh was to basically create our own games and erica was amazing at it and you know one time we summoned a dragon by trying to find all of the rainbow colored trash in our neighborhood and you know what it was a blast (laughs) it was so much fun and that healthy dose of uh everything is mystical everything is fantastic everything is interesting and unique um kind of was born from necessity so now when i was sitting there and i was um i had been waiting to have surgery for a tumor removal um and 
it was like this really emotional time and I was really stressed out. And my sister's like, you know what? We should talk about what you should write next. And I had just started at that point. And that's kind of where the Illuminator saga was born as I was like, I would love to see, you know, this and, you know, a woman overcoming all odds and, you know, um, her weird sidekick that doesn't leave her side and, um, all of this, you know, really creative and interesting way of handling this horribly stressful situation. And it ended up being like one of the most important and informative and formative times of my life. And that's kind of where all of the fantasy ideas come from is usually stress uh, overwhelm or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm having a really bad fibromyalgia flare and I just need a little bit of a break. So my brain kind of goes, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, instead of spiraling down that rabbit hole, let's do something fun. I want to picture, you know, this city or this town or this character. And it's been incredibly helpful um, and, and incredibly healthy to have something that, um, important and in depth, uh, to focus on. Cause in horror, everything has to be a little bit realistic, right? You yeah. know, we have to have that healthy fear of what we should be afraid of, uh, mixed with what happened if, and fantasy is, you know, kind of the escape, the escapism aspect of that is very much like, okay. Um, this could happen if this happens. So it's almost like a, a reverse. Um, and so when I kind of worked with Erica on this story and this plot, I watched her go through more and more horror stories and more and more plots. And I was like, yeah, I, you know, we can totally flesh this out. And I just kept watching her, you know, kick out project after project. And I'm like, you know what? I just have a new flag idea for, you know, Desdemona or Bellinu. And <laughs> so fun to just show her like look at this thing that I made and then next thing you know we've got a series we've gotten offshoot novellas and now we're working together on a, a horror uh, a horror short which is going to be such a blast and we have tons and tons and tons of ideas uh, for future projects which I think will be so exciting so I think it will be exciting to see what you what you both come up with I, I genuinely think you'll like it. <laughs> really do. So what's the most challenging aspect of writing for you? I would say, obviously, everybody says, you know, they don't have the time. Um, when you're, you know, when you're working full time, which most writers are, uh, it tends to be a little bit daunting and frustrating trying to carve out the time because in between, you know, family obligations and, uh, you know, doctor's appointments, dental appointments, all this fun stuff, you're also trying to flesh out, you know, in, in the horror realm, uh, very much like what is a new terror? What that, you know, kind of freaks me out, but why does that freak me out? And, you know, uh, sussing that stuff out, having well thought out ideas too, and not just, you know, I've got five minutes to write, let's just spit it out. You know, um, it, that's really, really tricky. Um, I, like I said, uh, I work with my husband and I work with my father in a, in a laboratory. So we're kind of growing this business every year and it's more and more time consuming and more and more stressful and more and more interesting. And it's such a blast uh, to get to watch this business grow and then to start Rusty Ogre and to see it grow as fast as it's growing and to see it um, have as many titles already under its belt as it does is really really fascinating to watch. Um, but it also is evidence of when you, <laughs> if he wanted to, he would, you know, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. everybody's heard that. Uh, if you want to, you, you do eventually find the time and maybe you're like me, it takes 10 years to get a, you know, a, a solid fleshed out book, um, and a series going, it very well might, but that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. And it doesn't mean that it's, it's, 
time wasted in any capacity. It's all good time. Even if it's five minutes of fleshing out what the terrain is in a particular area, that's something that you can show for your time versus, you know, the time that you're vegetating, trying to shut off your brain, just, you know, watching, if you're like me, YouTube or, um, you know, TV or anything like that. Um, That's not to say you should sacrifice it. I'm a firm believer that mental health reflects in your work. So if you are frazzled, your work will be kind of all over the place. Um, But when you kind of get your house in order and you get your things together and you start making it a regimen where you're not rushing and trying to crush, you know, as much into a tiny amount of time as you can, your work genuinely shows that, you know, um, seeing the difference in chapters that I've written when I have 20 minute timers going versus when I don't have a timer going, I have the afternoon and I just have a goal. Um, and those are night and day different, you know, um, and Erica's writing it, you know, I remember her trying to like crush out all these projects and now she's taking the time to really flesh out, um, all of these different senses. And it's amazing to see, um, truly, truly immersive horror, which is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, can't speak highly enough about that. So, so how important is the research phase for you? Oh my God. (laughs) So I am a perfectionist through and through that is, um, hugely detrimental to the writing process. But I am uh, dead set on making sure everything is well researched. And I'm sure my sister hearing this question just rolled her eyes so hard. (laughs) She may have just fallen out of her chair. if She's listening to this. Um, And I know my husband sees the same, but research, especially in a fantasy realm, is critical. I had no idea how in-depth topography was, for example. Then when I read book after book after essay after why does water flow this way after, you know, why are mountains built in a particular formation and what has to happen for these particular events to happen? And, you know, it's it's truly um, awe-inspiring and genuinely overwhelming. But when you see things like why the Red Sea is red and you read all about that, you can put that into your book um, with the perfect circumstances and not make somebody who knows about that roll their eyes so hard. (laughs) You know, Um, when I learned about I hate to use this reference, but when I learned about Hermione's magic bag, I rolled my eyes and I got so frustrated as a fantasy author. I was just like, what? is this. (laughs) I want to understand why this is the way that it is. And it's hugely popular. And um, it's, it's actually like a marketed thing, which I think is adorable. Um, But as an author, it's a different way of looking at a convenient plot um, bridge, basically, of not having to do the hard work of laying Uh, each individual stepping stone to a solution and having this magic bag or magic, you know, this or that or the other. Um, So one thing that I highly suggest uh, is doing your research, even if it's exhaustive, even if it's annoying, even if you're like, I think I know, don't, don't, don't chance that (laughs) because somebody out there is an expert and somebody out there is giving your book or your work a chance. And you don't want them to be like, oh my gosh, this was great, but now it's ruined it for me. And this is a major plot point that you've just put, you know, a huge crimp into. So, um, I mean, I studied everything just you know, uh, that I could get my hands on, like I said, hundreds of books, um, everything from mental health deficiencies and, uh, and issues to, oh my gosh, uh, like I said, terrain, uh, martial arts. I learned just copious amounts of survival skills because of the kind of books I was reading. Um, and then I actually wrote a, a horror short called Flesh Tag that's been published, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, my husband is a hunter, and I think that is just super cool. I'm totally supportive of whatever he wants to do in life. And the story is about a hunter that uh, 
gets into some horrible trouble. And when I had him read it um, the first time, he was so frustrated. <laughs> Because he's like, I, honey, I love you. And I think this is great. Um, I really do. But this doesn't happen. And this doesn't happen. And that wouldn't happen. And I'm like, okay, all right. So show me the holes and tell me how to fix them. And thank God he was patient enough to be like, okay, this wouldn't happen because of this. Um, a current project my sister and I are working on, which I'm so excited about, uh, also involves uh, nature and hunting and animals and things like that, but it's also like regional. So it's too, it's related to my area and reading the first draft was incredibly infuriating because it was like, there's no, you know, there are no bullets in a rifle. There, are no, <laughs> there's no, you know, this on a, this, you know, and, uh, yes, you know, female bucks, you know, don't have antlers all kinds of interesting stuff. So, uh, my husband, who is, like I said, incredibly patient, goes, I'm just going to help you guys. <laughs> I want this to be the best it can be. And we're going to, you know, we're going to do that. So I'll take my time. And it was just so nice to see, like, the writing community as a whole is so genuinely kind and supportive. It is not the torrential like downpour of all of these you know brow beaters and people that are just wanting you to fail it is really a loving group of people that goes you know what i wouldn't have done it that way but i love what you did you know or i i didn't like that but i love the way you wrote it and what an incredible group of people i mean i just I cannot speak highly enough. If you're, if that's a barrier to why you or anyone else uh, are not putting your work out there is you're terrified that, you know, people are going to rip it apart. I cannot tell you how like inaccurate that is. Yes, there are trolls. There are people out there that genuinely want to just spread their anger and frustration um, but that has nothing to do with you. Everyone wants you to just succeed. They want to be entertained. They want to be, um, you know, thrilled if it's horror and they want to be disturbed, you know, um, portrait of a nuclear family. Cannot highly suggest that book enough. Oh my gosh. It is just warped. <laughs> I love it. Still haunts me, you know, all these, all, all these weeks later, I, I read it and I was just like, holy crap crap, this is a whole new area of uh, terror that I wish uh, was more popular. It's it's to, to tap into that whole market, to tap into that whole surreal terror um, is just amazing to me. So um, I highly suggest anybody that is interested in it and, and just wants to give it a shot, uh, don't be terrified by the community. We're all actually very friendly uh, we all bite, but, you know, that's only if you want us to, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a fair amount of people that will, you know, tear apart your work, but they are doing it to make it better. And they're doing it to show you the whole to make it mended. They're not doing it just to see you fail. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Very fair. So how do you approach character development? Uh, that is really an interesting question, too. Um, I began, and I highly suggest people don't do this if you are going to write, uh, by modeling it after the people around me. Because when you care about people enough to where you want to create a character based off of them, you're going to forgive so much of their dark sides and their their. Um, what am I trying to say? They're negative aspects uh, that you will not make a realistic character. Um, I <laughs> I made uh, the character Twitch from my book and modeled him after my husband, but he's so the opposite of my husband now that it's polished and it's done that it's laughable. You know, um, I, I modeled my main character, uh, Quistix, after Erica uh, because I loved that go get him, no nonsense screw the, you know, screw the norm. I'm here to be myself and I'm not here for a long time, but I'm here for a good kind time kind of mentality. And yeah. um, so I, I modeled them after it at, at the beginning, but these characters were flat. They had no negative traits. They were just 
just boring, <laughs> you know. And uh, after I reread my own work and did a little bit of uh, like soul searching on it, I was like, these guys are terrible, and I need to work on them. So I worked on uh, character developments, negative traits, um, really kind of honing in on why people have to have that downside to have the good side actually matter. Um, otherwise you have like a paladin character essentially where everybody's kind of rolling their eyes are like, Oh my God, yes, we get it. You're good. Okay. Yes. All right. Stop. <laughs> you know? So uh, that character development on both sides of the spectrum is so critical. The negative is just as important, if not more so than the positive. If you think about characters that you love from books, a lot of the times, you know, in horror, it is that triumphant mentality that, um, you know, I will defy all odds. I will do whatever it takes to survive that you admire. Whereas a lot of like the darker sides or the hilarity, hilarity comes from um, the negative aspects in like fantasy or things like that so um if you want a character to be realistic and entertaining and enjoyable they have to have that like critical good side of course but then they have to have a negative trait are they you know struggling with alcoholism are they really struggling with their mental health are they dealing with some sort of sexual addiction like <laughs> I, I have one uh character who He's a, he's a twitch. His name is Twitch and he's a, a wild, which is like a fox hybrid creature. And he is just essentially a, a dog that humps your leg wherever you go, <laughs> you know, just and that. He, is this the one you named after your husband? Yes, this is the one I named after my husband, and I'm sure he'll be like, "Thanks for mentioning," <laughs> you know. Uh, and and I I did I I named it after God bless him. I modeled it after him, but this character is very much where he's you know just kind of latched onto our main character, and he's just constantly shooting a shot, and you cannot help but love him, even though it is a a negative character trait and he's kind of a, a player if you would um he is very much a lovable character a, a character that actually a lot of comments have come back on saying that you know he they're really hoping he stays through the series they're really hoping that he you know gets with the main character they're really hoping you know that he he has like more of a role so it's really great to see that a character with a very glaring negative trait is one of the most beloved um so character development is it can't be biased it can't be unless you have like a an unreliable narrator but um if you if you're working on trying to develop a character that you want to be interesting i highly suggest getting yourself the character development dice uh or creating your own like you know, uh, dungeon master sheet for rolling, you know? So if you roll a 17, consider that character with this negative attribute and it keeps things fresh. It keeps things interesting, but it also makes you kind of look at your character from a new perspective. Um, mm -hmm. so if my character is a, a noble person who, you know, highly, highly functions in society and is highly intelligent, but also struggles with kleptomania, it's going to make that character really interesting um, and kind of you're going to kind of always wonder when that negative trait is going to kind of mess up what they have planned. And yeah. that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what I do is I make sure things go wrong, uh, that writers are the greatest sadists. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so are there any memorable reactions from readers that stand out to you? Oh, my goodness. Um Erica is, a, is always a really good feedback machine. Uh, she always cracks me up. She'll tell me without pulling any punches. I hate this character so much. If I met them, I would want to punch them in the face, you know, or if I met this character, I would, you know, shove them off of a bridge. Like she has no <laughs> punches pulled uh, when it comes to the negative sides, but she always makes me laugh with her feedback. So you can deliver harsh harsh feedback to somebody if you can also make them laugh about it and be like yeah could you imagine if this was realistic this and this and this would happen and usually it's it's pretty comical but um my, my husband when i told him that twitch was modeled after him and then i told him 
what this character was about. He's like, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> you know, th thank, thank you. I think it's sweet that you're including me in your novel as a very annoying character, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I, uh, my favorite one of all time was when I was workshopping this book, I did a uh, dungeon master uh, D and D group and they agreed to let me use my world, my characters and everything about it in this, um, this whole series. And it was so, so fun. And this character that I had developed that would go along with them this entire, <laughs> sorry, this entire trek, uh, was a character from the book and it was before she was kind of reformed and um, mellowed out a little bit. So she was just very hyper and goofy and just really chatty and just they can only, you know, pull her out of her little pouch to have her help every once in a while. And they hated her so much, <laughs> not realizing that they were giving me feedback for my book. They they all kind of let it rip. And they're like, can we please set this character free so that we don't ever have to hear from her again? <laughs> and I'm like, dang, what what is it about her that you guys hate so much? And I got the best feedback you know, to tone her down, change this, have this happen. And, and it's really, uh, really, really helped, but it stung at first. I was like, this is my character. This is my little, my little buddy, you know, but next thing, you know, you know, people are ripping it apart and you get a little offended. You're like, wow, I really thought I believed in this. I thought this was good. Um, but it, it was so helpful. And so, uh, it's so beneficial. It really changed the whole course of this character. And I still get uh, some comments from time to time being like, Frock is too much. You know, she's, she's, you know, extra. She's really extra. I'm like, yeah, but she's kind of modeled after me as a child, you know, where I was just always bumbling around, always wanting to chat, always, you know, just wanted to be a part of the group. Um, and it was when you know where these characters come from, you understand why an author tends to take it a little bit to heart when you don't yeah. like their characters. But at the same time, it was so helpful to the whole course of the story and um, the series itself that I would not trade that for the world. And they actually all got a thanks in the acknowledgments on my book. Um, shout out to Eric and Elena and Arvid, who all were very critical to kind of helping me form this character, as well as my husband, who um, also, again, no, pulled no punches. But uh, he they were fantastic to help me kind of make sure that this character is the best she can be before it's disseminated to everyone and they hate her or they love her. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so are there any upcoming projects or releases that you're really excited about? Oh, yes, absolutely. Rive is by far the thing I'm the most excited about. I'm looking very forward to that one. Uh, my sister and I were working together on uh, a short story or um, a short book, and it's it's going to be really, really impactful and very interesting. Um, I am not nearly as good as she is on vivid, visceral, disgusting descriptors. Um, and it's amazing to watch her work. It's amazing to read her stuff and um, not to sound totally, uh, totally braggy, but I, I can't, I cannot hype it enough how awesome it is to read a writer's work before everybody else gets to, because I just get to like simmer in all the delicious, like good goodies. And I cannot wait to watch people like love what I love about her work. And it's like, I know, did you see that they are not there yet? Okay. Slow down. <laughs> you know? So uh, when I write with her, I get to see all of that in real time. And sometimes you know, and the way we used to write, we used to write in like word docs. So we could write at the same time. Well, it ended up kind of being distracting because she would log on when I was on and we would start messing with each other's cursors and start like writing each other messages like, oh, my God, I was already going to say that or this is hilarious or whatever. And it got kind of distracting. So we had to <laughs> stop. Uh, but it's so it's such a fun project. It's going to be so much fun to see what everyone thinks of Erica's very 
uh, horrendous <laughs> imagination uh, mixed with a little bit of uh, these interesting characters that have like a kind of a weird and interesting back and forth and the interesting side characters that I enjoy creating, which, you know, just add a little bit of flavor. So it's both of our, our child basically. Um, but Eric has definitely got the grip on the horror and I've got all that flavor, you know, coming at it. So we'll see how it, it comes out. But, um, I also have another novella coming out as well. And I cannot wait for that one to come out. Um, I think when people read the series, they're going to realize that when there is this weird, like tether, um, you're like, wait, but what happened to that? That's where I have my fun is in these novellas. Mm. Um, these characters that kind of leave you on a cliffhanger, you're like, but what happened? The novellas are very much where you're going to see their story, but it deserved its own time. You know, it deserved its own uh, journey and it didn't necessarily need to um kind of slow down the progress of our protagonists. So um, I wanted to to kind of flesh out the entire world as well. And you can't always do that effectively as a writer um, when you're trying to show from A to B and you're trying to show the turmoil and chaos in between. You don't want to necessarily fill it up with a ton of side character fluff that you don't really, it's not critical to the main character's end. Um, so I really enjoy these novellas because I get to show what I had in mind for uh, all of these characters and their whole lives and their journey and their uh, motivations and their relationships and stuff. So it's fleshing out the world as well in detail and in journey um, where you won't necessarily get to go with our protagonist. Yeah. So it's just even more immersive. It, it shows, you know, so much more than I can show when we're trying to have a jam packed, you know, getting going and you know the train is a glugging kind of thing with our main story so um i'm really looking forward to seeing how that gets received and if people enjoy those uh side stories and the fleshing out of the world more or if they just want to focus on the protagonist and and kind of her journey so we'll see what uh what people think of that that's brilliant. And obviously you are the co-founder as well, alongside Erica with Rusty Ogre. Yes. Um, are you excited about anything that's coming out from there as well? Yes, absolutely. So we started out like Rusty Ogre together and I graduated with a business degree, um, a, a bachelor's in business management. So when I went to um, the school that I went to, which was, you know, Jacksonville University, they have an incredible accreditation process. And they really focus on trying to make sure that you have a really well-rounded education in whatever you choose, which is one of the many reasons I chose them. So when I chose the business, like, program, I knew that I was going to be getting way more than just any other, you know, accredited, accredited uh, journey. It was going to be more intense and rigorous. So it was, and it has benefited us greatly. Um, so where Erica has um, owned and operated Kika Productions for many years, um, I have been running and uh, quadrupling uh, the profitability of the current business that I'm in, which is awesome. And it's a huge pat on the back there. But I really look forward to Rusty Ogre getting out there, me working whatever magic I can and seeing Erica use her heart and her soul like she has been to really make this thing glow and to show people this beautiful realm and um, this gigantic uh, list of, of beautiful projects we have planned. Um, Erica has, you know, her, her cozy mystery coming up and lots of horror, um, mostly horror. I hope <laughs> she has this incredible talent for horror. Um, and the community is incredibly amazing and loyal and just Weirdly, I, you know, when I, when we grew up with horror um, as the foundation in our family, it was just these really unique and interesting um, 
just whole different worlds, basically. You know, you go to Halloween Horror Nights or you go behind the scenes in a in a, a haunted house or something. And you really see everyone in a horror community, not just in the writing community, but as a whole. They're about the nicest people on the planet. And they're so like loving and caring and uh, just incredibly supportive of one another and uh, getting to watch her whole horror journey and see it come to this under Rusty Ogre's realm uh, is really fascinating to watch because you see all of these little drawbacks. And I know from this side of things where she's drawing inspiration and where her her brain is making the connections and it's beautiful, like derailed. Oh, my goodness. That one was amazing. That was uh, the the focal point of that one. Obviously, it was a traumatic incident she herself, you know, struggled with. But then to see the mental illness aspect of uh, our family growing up and see that kind of work into this absolutely horrendous story is fascinating. It's really incredible to see. So Rusty Ogre is going to benefit from having the... um, the the global and wide open mindset of uh of two people who have just so much passion to entertain but such big hearts that we don't want to do it just because we can we want to do it for the love of people and her love of the horror community is just so amazing and we had i still have friends from when i would be in the scenes of her you know horror movies um just like from decades ago, they're just amazing people. Um, so just cannot speak highly enough of them. Uh, but as, as Rusty Ogre grows, I love that we are um, so engrossed and have a, a major passionate stake in the horror realm. And I really want to see that continue going forward and us delve even deeper into that. It's brilliant. And I'm sure it will. You're both very passionate, as you say. So Thank you. You will go far. I do think think you'll do really well. I think so too. We are very hardworking ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't really tell that by the way he's written. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Erica is go, go, go. I mean, she will four o'clock in the morning. She'll be like, what do you think about this? Erica, go to sleep. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Oh, it's so fun though. It's, I wouldn't, be on this journey with anybody else and i'm honored to have the group that she has created from her her history in um and and movie making and things like that not to mention she just has this uncanny ability to draw people to her so you'll see writers and and people engaging in her posts on social media and it's just like this is amazing like it truly she is a uh, a spirit that people are drawn to for very good reason and i i know she speaks very highly of me as well and i'm honored but uh the honor is genuinely all mine to get to work with her so i highly suggest anybody that's interested in in touching on anything rusty ogre go read her work she is amazing (laughs) (laughs) and uh how much did she pay you to say all that (laughs) right i know i know (laughs) she should you know i'm just thinking about it that uh that whole payroll thing has got to get, you know, underway here. <laughs> no, I, I wish I could say that I was not always my sister's biggest fan, but I've always been my sister's biggest fan uh, since I was teeny tiny with her very first movie, The Stalker, which I'm sure she will absolutely hate me referencing. <laughs> uh, but I was in there and I was a dead body that couldn't stop smiling. So uh, ever since then, just elated to be a part of it you know what I mean so yeah um, I mean it's it's nice to hear it's nice it's nice that you've both got such a a good relationship with each other absolutely and like she said there was a while there we we didn't talk it was uh namely because I didn't want to hear the harsh truth of uh the dumb choices that I had made but Erica is always going to tell you straight up how it is and her characters uh really show that quiz the character that i've modeled after her is very much the same way so she inspires people through her honesty and i am 
I am a cheerleader through and through. I want everyone to take the chance to make their voices heard, to really just believe in themselves. And if you can't find a cheerleader, I'll be your cheerleader all day long. I will make sure that you you know that your voice is worth hearing. And uh, I, I wish everybody had sisters like us, you know, the ones that will give you the tough love and then the one that will make sure you, you get picked up when the world kicks you down. But um, not everybody can have that. So we're just going to have to be the world's sisters and we're just going to have to be everybody's uh, support system. And that's what we intend to be. It's not just a, a company that's out to make a quick buck. We're not in this to try to make everybody, you know, uh, buy our stuff. It's very much a company that we want to take the time to believe in people who have a hard time believing in themselves. Like uh, Jim Kane, our newest uh, addition, uh, his book, it's his, it's one off and he's an amazing writer. I'm so proud of him. And the way that he has written and kind of developed things, sure, it can use a polish like all of our work can, but he's incredible. He's really incredible. And uh, I'm so glad that we have started with him um, on this opportunity to take something that somebody may not have a lot of faith in, but had a lot of passion in when they wrote it or when they created it. And really show them, okay, yeah, this needs to be punched up. We're going to show you all the holes in the sweater, but we're going to make you stitch it up and we're going to make you better for it. And we're all about mending and supporting and especially females in horror. You know, my sister's very adamant about that. Um, and I am very adamant about perfectionists getting out of their own way because it is good enough. It is worth putting out and it is something that very well could change somebody's life. So don't discount yourself before the world discounts you. Lovely advice. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you very much, Heather, for appearing on the show. It's been lovely having you here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been wonderful getting to know you. So thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I would like to say thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Crystal, for your time and having me on board and taking the time to learn about Rusty Ogre. It's uh, two people who are just incredibly passionate about uh, entertaining you and making sure that the products that you get aren't just mush, they are quality and something that can actually engage you on more than one front. Um, but I thank you, everybody who's just shown any interest. It's been amazing so far, and I cannot wait to see where the world takes us. You're very welcome. I hope everything goes well for you both. I really do. Thank you. You both seem very, uh, very lovely. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that. And I've, I'm very honored to hear that. Thank you. You're very welcome.